Good morning, everyone. Um, just a little review, kind of get us caught up here because we're right in the middle of a, a contrasting truth. So I want to kind of set it up a little bit from last week. You know, we've been working our way through Romans here. We've got some visitors today, but we've been working our way through the book of Romans. And chapters 1 through 4 really is an incredible presentation of the gospel. And to me, if that's all we had out of Romans, that would be sufficient. Because it really lays out that we are sinners, we're without excuse, we're depraved, we're bored spiritually dead, we're, all, we're hopeless, and then right in the end of that, Jesus is as, it is as if Jesus stands up and says, but God, there's a justification through faith, there's a righteousness apart from the law that has been given through Jesus Christ. But as we talked about last week, and then chapter 5 kind of just stops and goes another direction. Y'all with me here? Chapter 5, kind of, it's almost as if God said, okay, now Paul, I want you to stop for a minute, and I want you to help people to see exactly how we got into this seemingly hopeless situation. Because you have to realize there's a lot of Gentiles in Rome receiving this letter, and they didn't have the Old Testament. They didn't know how we got into this. Okay, they said, okay, Paul, we see now that we were born sinners, that were depraved or without hope apart from Jesus Christ. How did this ever get to this place? How did we get into this seemingly hopeless situation? And so if you open your bulletins, I mean, I've just got a summary from last week in there for you. We'll just hit the, the high points from last week and show you, really, there's two things we're going to be looking at. One is that, it, listen to this, in Adam, we find sin and death. In Adam, we find sin and death, and that's what we talked about last week. And this week, this week in Christ, we find forgiveness in life. And what it is in, in chapter 5, there, there's this contrast He's showing exactly how we got into this predicament through Adam, but then he's going to show us exactly what we received through Jesus Christ. The first Adam and the last Adam. You with me? So look at your bulletin there, page 3, just because of the summary of things we talked about last week. And through, through the first Adam, uh, sin came into the world through the disobedience, through his sinful act in the garden. Do you remember this last week? I mean, isn't it amazing? Adam was given thousands and millions of do's and one don't one do not and that one do not he couldn't obey and in his disobedience sin came into the world and with sin came the reign of death we talked about the deaths there's three types of deaths we talked about the physical death and the word death really means what anybody remember separation praise the lord separation so it's separation from our bodies it's separation from loved ones is what we face at physical death. The second type of death that we face on earth is spiritual death. We're all born spiritually dead. And, and the separation there, of course, is we're separated from God, from our Lord Jesus, from the Holy Spirit, from the living Word of God. And the third death is eternal death. Thank you, Ed. Eternal death, where for those that aren't saved, they spend eternity separated from God. So, all those things came into the world uh, through the disobedience of Adam. But I just want to remind you too that sin didn't originate with Adam. It originated with Lucifer, who became Satan. If you remember this, Lucifer was the pinnacle of, of the angelic host. He was put over all the angels. He was powerful, beautiful, wise. But in his own will, his free will, he desired to elevate himself above God, and when he did that, sin entered into, the, into creation, 
and through him his temptation of Adam's sin came into the world. Amen? All right, open your Bibles if you would. We're going to start off right where we left off on verse 15. Romans chapter 5, verse 15. Everybody there? Or do you guys just count on my PowerPoint all the time? Chapter 5, verse 15. Please stand for the reverence of God's Word. Our brother Leo's going to open it today. But the gift is not like the trespass, for if the many die by the trespass of the one man, how much more did God grace and the gift that came by the grace of the one man? Jesus Christ overflowed to the many, nor can the gift of God be compared with the results of one man's sin. The judgment followed one sin and brought condemnation, but the gift followed many trespass brought justification. For if by the trespass of the one man death reigned through that one man, how much more will those who receive God abundantly provide provision of grace and of gift of righteousness reigns in life through the one man, Jesus Christ? Consequence, just as one trespass result in condemnation for all people, so also one righteous act results in justification and life for all people. For just as through, through the disobedience of one man, the many were made sinners, so also through the obedience of one man, the many will be made right. The law was brought in so that the trespass might increase, but where sin increased, grace increased all the more, so that just excuse me, so that just as sin reigns in death, so also grace might reign through righteousness to bring eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Thank you for the reading of the word. Leo. So, brothers and sisters, last week there was two verses that kind of set up what we received through Adam. And now you see we've got a lot more verses that talk about what we received through Jesus Christ as we do the contrast between the two. There's uh, two words I want you to think about as we're going through this, and the words are much more. Much more. That's what's throughout this text is much more that we've received through Christ than we, than we gained uh, or were lost through Adam. So let's start off with verse 15. Verse 15, I'm going to repeat this to you. It says, but the gift... The gift is not like the trespass. For if the many died by the trespass of the one man, Adam, how much more did God's grace and the gift that came by the grace of the one man, Jesus Christ, overflow to the many? Now I want to show you that what we're going to be looking at this morning is that what we lost in Adam was by far surpassed in what we've received from Jesus Christ. Now, hear this. This is what I want you to hear. See, now, if, if Jesus Christ came back and just restored to what we lost, that means when we were saved, we would just be placed back in the garden, right? We'd be innocent. We'd be sinless. We'd be intimate with God. And we'd be ruling the earth for God again. That would be completely putting us back to where we started. Amen? You see that? But I want to show you today through the text is that 
through Christ, we receive much more than what we originally had before sin came into the world. Isn't that amazing? Here's the deal. God doesn't do reruns. He doesn't do do-overs like that. He does a completely new work through this work of salvation that came to mankind. And I want you to see this and embrace it. Of course, the things he did, did he abolish death? Did he abolish sin? Did he defeat Satan? Amen? Amen, he did all those things. He provided a way of salvation. You're going to see that he provides an abundant life. And you'll see that we have... We will return to a paradise, but a different paradise than what we originally had in the Garden of Eden. So, the much more. Let's, let's look at this one first. Let's look, look up here for a second. 1 Corinthians 15, 54 and 55. It said, when the perishable has been clothed with the imperishable. That's us. Before Christ, we were perishable. We were, we were decaying. We were dying. But clothed in Christ, we become imperishable. And the mortal with immortality. That's us too that have embraced Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. So we went from mortal to immortal. Then the saying that is written will come true. Death has been swallowed up in victory. Where, O oh, death, is your victory? Where, O oh, death, is your sting? Do you see that? You know, I'm not saying that physical death is easy. Physical death is very difficult. It was never part of God's original design. But the reality, brothers and sisters, if you're sitting here born again, we're, we're being transformed in the fulfillment of the glorification. And whether we embrace it or not, for those who believe, it's good news. Just like we sang today. That's our home. We don't belong here. As good as this earth is, as good as the body of believers are that we get to associate with, it's nothing compared to what we will be when we're fully glorified and we return home to where we belong with our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. That's why death, there, there's no victory of the devil in death and there's, there's no sting in death for those who believe. It's just the beginning of the new transformed life and the, and the, and the finish of our glorification. So he, debolished, he abolished death on the cross. Now look at this here. I want to show you something else. Up here for a minute if you would. 2 Timothy 1.10 It said, but it has now been revealed through the appearing of our Savior Jesus Christ who has destroyed death. We just talked about that. And brought life. Has brought life. See, I want you to, I want you to see that He not only defeated... Stay with me here. It's kind of sluggish in here this morning. But not only did He defeat physical death, but he also defeated spiritual death. That's what it means by brought life. Is, is through him, now we had the opportunity to be re reconciled to God, to be restored in a relationship with God. Do you see that? So he destroyed physical death. He, just, he destroyed spiritual death. And look at the third one. It says that an immortality to light through the Gospel brought life and immortality. So he destroyed eternal death. The third death through His life, His death, and His resurrection, all three deaths that we faced because of the, of the fall of Adam were all dealt with through Jesus Christ. Amen? Now that's, that's good enough, but He didn't finish there because He said much more. There's much more through this new life in Jesus Christ. One more verse up here. Look at John 10.10, a familiar verse probably to most of you, but... The thief comes only to steal, to kill, and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. Do you see that? 
You see, this is what's amazing part of this, and I want you to hear this. You see, because in this new life we have, even here on earth, yes, we, don't, we will not suffer eternal death. We, will, we are now united with Christ spiritually, and physical death has no reign on us. Amen? But here's the abundant life. He allows us, even for our time here, to participate with Him in His work. Do you get that? Does, well, let me ask you this. Does God need anything from us? No, He doesn't need anything from us. He can get anything He wants done. He, he, he never has needed anything, never will need anything. But he, He's chosen, this is what's amazing about this new life as we're born again, He's chosen to accomplish His work through a fallen, broken people like us. Do you get that? What, what, an, what an abundant life He's given us. For the time we get to serve here, we get to carry out the great commission of Jesus Christ to bring the Gospel to a broke, darkened, hurting world. And God uses us to bring others into the family of God. See, I mean, in the, I'm sorry, but the thought of me going back to the garden and taking care of the animals and, and the fruit and the trees, that just doesn't fire me up. I mean, I love gardening. I love outside. I was outside all day yesterday. It was beautiful. But this is, do you get this? We're in spiritual warfare. We're in the battle with God, and Jesus is in us, and the Holy Spirit, and He's given us the Word of God, and He's given all these things. So now we live this unbelievable, abundant life carrying out the Great Commission for Jesus Christ. But see, that's much more right there, but that's not it either. Because see, after we die, we don't go back to the garden again by ourselves. We get to live in the presence of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. We're adopted into His family. We sit at the banquet table with God. Are you fired up? Much more. Much more was accomplished. See, God doesn't do reruns. We didn't go back to the garden. He has a greater plan for us now because He always planned for the salvation of the world through His Son and Savior, Jesus Christ. So now this is our new life. Much more than we had even before the fall. We could close right here, but we won't. So let's go, to the, let's go to the next verse here. Let's see what else we receive through Jesus as compared to Adam. Verse 16. Nor can, the, nor can the gift of God be compared with the result of the one man's sin. Now watch this. The judgment followed one sin and brought condemnation, but the gift followed many trespasses and brought justification. Do you get that? you see that truth? So it's amazing that Adam did committed one sin. He only had one command, so there's only one, one command he could break, and he broke it. And through that one sin, what came from God? Judgment and condemnation. Right? You see that in the verse? But the gift followed many. Do you see that? Many trespasses. I mean, think about it, brothers and sisters. Thousands, right? Thousands of years through billions of people. Thousands of years through billions of people. Can you imagine how many sins have been committed? I'll confess to you, I don't even know how many I've committed. I have no idea. Do you? No. So, I mean, just think of, so we had one transgression, one sin of Adam brought judgment and condemnation, but Jesus came to deal with all the sins for thousands of years through billions of people on the cross. Isn't that amazing? Much more. Now, here's the truth. I want you to hear this, please is we all know, we know the holiness and righteousness of God. 
I mean, he's so holy and he's so righteous that one sin, that one sin required him to bring judgment and condemnation. That just reveals his holiness and his righteousness, not his anger and his, his meanness. It reveals how holy and righteous. One sin, condemnation and judgment for all mankind. Right? You see that? But hear this. That, that reveals his hatred for sin. But think about this. His love for the sinner was greater than his hatred for sin. Amen? Because yeah, he hated sin that much. That's what he had to do in his holiness and righteousness. But out of his love for the sinner, he takes his only begotten son and sends them down in the world to live the perfect life, die the perfect death, and rise in perfect glory. So he, he sacrificed his son out of his love for the sinner so that the sin of the world that he hated could be dealt with and we could be reconciled back to God. Isn't that amazing? And that's what, that's what it's saying here. He said, I mean, come on. He said, one sin, how much more worthy and valuable it is Jesus that died. Just, he didn't just come deal with Adam's sin. He dealt with the sins of all mankind before and after uh, Jesus Christ. A couple more. Everybody good? All right, let's look at verse 17. Verse 17. For if by the trespass of the one man death reigned, if, if, uh, if by the trespass of the one man death reigned through the one man, how much more will those who receive God's abundant provision of grace and the gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ? You know, since what he's talking about here, he's comparing the reign of death to the reign of life. That's the next point here. Now, after Adam, death reigned in the world, right? Uh, look up here for a second. I'm not going to read all these to you, but let me just prove it to you through the, through the Word of God. Genesis 5, 1 through 32. It says in verse 5, it says, Thus all the days that Adam lived were 930 years, and he what? He died. When Seth had lived 105 years, he fathered Enosh. Seth lived after he fathered Enosh 870 years, and had other sons and daughters. Thus all the days of Seth were 912 years, and he died. And I can go on and on. Let me tell you this. If you track your own family tree all the way back, you can go all the way back, and you'll prove that the reign of death has been in existence since the time of Adam. That's what came, that's what came into the world through that one sin and through Adam, the reign, of, the reign of death. But it says here in verse 17, back to the text, it says, how much more will those who receive God's abundant provision of grace and the gift of righteousness reign in life? Do you see that? Reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ. So what does it mean to reign in life? Look, look at here, I'm going to show you a few supporting verses up here, some familiar ones to you again. 2 Corinthians 5.17 It says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. Very familiar, I hope, to all of you. But the reality is, is that for all of us who have seen the holiness and righteousness of God and seen our own sinfulness and surrendered our life to Jesus Christ, we were born again and we became new creations. Amen? New creations. Completely new creations. New beings. Citizens of heaven. Citizens of heaven. Look at this. At the same time, this next verse here, Colossians 1, 13 and 14. What does it say? He has, past tense, delivered us from the dominion of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of His beloved Son in whom we have redemption through the forgiveness of sins. I want you to see 
the reality that we don't always embrace in this Christian life, that at, at the moment of salvation we became new creations and we were transferred from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of the beloved Son. That's what happened at our, our salvation. We became members, family members of the kingdom of the beloved Son. Do you believe that? So, so right now, we, that's why we're called aliens. This is not our world. We are here in a temporary assignment, and that's what it means that we reign in life. You see, we are down here right now as ambassadors for the King of kings and the Lord of lords, and we reign in life because He reigns in us and through us. That's why even Paul says, to die is gain. You can take my body. You can, you can destroy me. It doesn't matter. Because this is not all there is. This is a temporary assignment. And, and to live is Christ. And that's why we're reigning in life now. He gave us that great privilege through our salvation as He defeated death, spiritual, physical, and eternal. And, and brothers, brothers and sisters, look at this last one here. Because of this new life, because of this new kingdom that we're members of, it says that let not sin therefore reign in your mortal bodies to make you obey its passions. Now, we don't always live this truth out. I know I don't live it out personally, but the reality is Satan has no, no control over you. He has no control over you. So here's the deal. I mean, is Satan still barking orders out at us? Oh, he is barking orders out at us. And before we became born-again believers, we had to say, yes, sir. But now... We don't have to obey him anymore. He's an old master. We don't work for him anymore. It'd be like an old employer of you coming up to you and telling you what to do. You said, wait a minute. I don't work for you anymore. I don't have to listen to you. We don't have to listen to him anymore. See, that's what it means. I want you to hear this, brother. That's what it means to reign in life. We became new creations. Now that we still deal with this, this flesh, for now, we get glorified bodies in heaven, but we're still dealing with the temptations and the trials of life and the heartaches and the brokenness. But the reality is, the internal reality is that we are new creations in Christ. We're destined for heaven. This is not our home. We're kingdoms of the King of Kings of the Beloved Son. Aren't you, does that encourage you? Man, that helps me persevere in here. I mean, I got, I, I'm a short-timer here, right? We're all short-timers. We can, we can persevere. We can pull up our boots by the bootstrap. We can, we can do what God calls us to do. We can resist temptation and the devil will flee. We, we, can, we can do it. And it won't be long and we'll be in glory. We'll be in the kingdom that we're full citizens of right now. That's what it means to reign in life. Let me show you this one too. One more here about this reign. Look at this in Revelation 22.5. I want to show you the future here a little bit. But it says, There, there will be no more light, night. I love this. There, there will not be the need of a light, of a lamp, or the light of the sun. Do you picture that? For the Lord God will give them light. That's the, that's the kingdom we're going to. The Lord Himself will light up the world. What? Are you hoping for that? <laughs> yeah, we'll be, we'll be glorified bodies. I don't know if we're going to be sleeping or not, Leon, but... The reality is, is that the, we'll be living in the glory of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. That'll be the light of the world. Can you picture that? 
And what does it say there at the end? And they will reign forever and ever. We will be reigning with the King of kings and the Lord of lords. That's our future. But don't miss the point. What they're doing in this text is they're comparing what we lost in Adam and what we've gained in Christ. You picturing that? It's a whole different deal. Okay, just a couple more here. Verse 18 and 19. It says, Consequently, just as one trespass resulted in condemnation for all people, so also one righteous act resulted in a justification and life for all people. For just as though the disobedience of the one man, the many were made sinners, so also through the obedience of the one man, many were made righteous. Now, I just got to clarify one thing we talked about last week. Some people take this verse and they create universalism. Because it says, you see this verse, it says, um, just as one trespass result, condemnation for all people, so one acts as right justification and life for all people. So some people take this verse and say everybody's going to be saved. Do I need to prove that's not true? It's not true. I mean, you've got to remember, we can go back to at the beginning of this chapter, five, chapter 5, verse 1 and 2, and we saw very clearly that the context of this chapter is, is he's writing this to who? Believers. He's writing this to believers. He's not writing this to the unsaved. That's chapters 1 through 4. Right now, he's specifically talking to the brothers and sisters in Christ. And another proof text, look, just look at verse 17. Just go back a couple, just one verse. It says here, For, for if by the trespass of the one man death reigned through that one man, how much more will those who what? Receive, for those who receive God's abundant provision. We don't, I could go over and over, I don't think anybody's struggling with it here, but it's very clear in Scripture that not everyone's saved. So here we see this, back to this verse. Uh, it says, really the comparison here is through the act of Adam we were made sinners. Through the one sin of Adam we were all made sinners because we sinned in Adam. And through the act of Jesus Christ for those who believe they're made righteous. You know, one thing that hit me when I was t- looking at this is, isn't it amazing how we can minimize our own sin? Right? I hear it all the time. I, and don't get me wrong, I'm guilty of it myself. But you know, that isn't that bad. Right? That sin I just did isn't that bad. Do you ever say that? At least I'm not doing this. Right? Well, you guys don't know. I mean, I inherited an anger problem from my father. You don't know what I'm dealing with. Right? Or you don't know what kind of day I had today. That's why I lost my temper. But you know what I'm saying, brothers and sisters? We can tend to minimize our own sinfulness. But I want to tell you, I just want to show you here, through the one sin of Adam, judgment and condemnation came for all humankind. So what I want you to hear is, we may try to minimize our sin, but God does not. Every little, what we call little sin, little white lies, our big, bad sins to God. Amen? So, but here it says we were made sinners through this one sin of Adam, but we were made righteous through Jesus Christ. I mean, this is a much more again. So, I mean, it'd be, I think it would be enough. Would you agree it'd be enough if we were just declared righteous? Because that means we're going to heaven, right? That's one of the sayings I hear I love is, God, 
God loves you the way you are, but he loves you too much to leave you that way. Right? That's, that's our God. So he not only declares us righteous so that we get to go to heaven based on the work of Jesus Christ, but then he it sanctifies us is the biblical word, but he transforms us more and more into the image of Jesus Christ throughout our life. That's a much more to me. It, it's good enough we're going to heaven. Adam was going to go to heaven in, in, in the in righteous life that he had before he sinned. But now we get, we're not only declared righteous and we're going to heaven, but he loves us so much he's going to continue to make us more righteous. It says made righteous. That's a process, amen? So, here, you know, we've got to talk about this. We talk about it almost every week. So we are people of the Word of God. We're in the Word every day. We're people of prayer. Through our fellowship in the body, we have to be part of a local church. And let me tell you another one. One of God's greatest tools is suffering. Trials and tribulations in our family. He refines us through those things. But the good thing is, is in all things, God works for the good of those who love Him. In all that, He's just making us more and more righteous. And what's great about it, brothers and sisters, as He makes us more and more righteous, the work He can give us gets bigger and bigger. Right? As we continue to obey, you know, I come to some truths and they're revealed to me and I struggle and God puts suffering and trials in my life. And as we obey, the work He gives us to do continues to increase. It's a beautiful thing. Much more than what we lost through Adam. Okay, one more. We're doing good on time here, according to my clock. Amen, brother. Thank you. Verse 20, 21. It says, The law was brought in so that the trespass might increase. Get that? That's, that's good news. But where, there's really good news, but where sin increased, grace increased all the more. Amen? So that just as sin reigned in death, so also grace might reign through righteousness to bring eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. You know, some people say that we don't find grace in the Old Testament. Let me just tell you that grace is an immutable attribute of God. It's an unchangeable attribute of God. It's who He is. He was always grace. He doesn't have to work it up. He doesn't need to study it. He doesn't need to memorize it. He is grace. He always was grace. Let me tell you that grace is what saved Adam. Through the grace of God, Adam was saved. Through the grace of God, Noah was saved. Through the grace of God, Abraham was saved. Through the grace of God, Moses was saved. I go on and on. God has always been grace. So, it says here that the law did not come to replace God's grace, but to reveal how desperately we need God's grace. Do you see that? And it says the law, when the law came, sin increased. You know, I was just thinking about this. You know, as you, most of you know, there are family here that I came to Christ later in life and Mary did too, but I can remember that, you know, we were new believers and uh, I had a 45-minute drive to work, so I would listen to sermons on the way to work and sermons on the way home. And Mary would be at home taking care of the kids. The, our, ba- our twins were just born, and Michelle was about three, but she'd be listening to sermons at home too. But what I'm telling you all that for is so then we got together at the end of the day. I mean, I, we listened to different things. I wanted to tell her all the things I learned from, from my time in the car, and she wanted to tell me all the things she heard on the radio. But here's the reality. is What was happening to us is through the Word of God, God was revealing to us more and more sin in our life. See, as we got more of God's truth, we saw 
more and more sin. But, but, I mean, don't think that was bad. It wasn't bad because the grace overwhelmed the sinfulness that he revealed. You know, Mr. Thrasher, who's been coming here lately, he's on vacation right now, but he said that he remembers those early years. He came to Christ later in life too. It was like a honeymoon. See, because this is how good our God is. I can tell you this right now. At that point, I was saved at 32 years old. If God revealed all my sinfulness in one blast, I would have died of a heart attack. I would have just dropped dead right there and turned into a pile of ash. But our loving God slowly reveals the sinfulness in our life, right? That's, that's how gracious he is. But here's what I love. Anytime he revealed a sin in my life, he washed it with the blood of Jesus. He said, don't worry about it. I just want you to know what that is. And he just washed me, and I was just right away clean. Now, some things were a battle. They would come back, you know, those sins that really hold on to us, those besetting sins. But I'm just telling you, the grace was always there to meet the sin that was revealed. And that's what it's talking about here. How much more did we gain through Jesus Christ? I think this verse really summarizes chapter 5 from Paul. If you look up here for a second, we'll just close with this. It says, for as in Adam all die, so also in Christ shall all be made alive. Let, let me give you just a little comparison here between Adam and Jesus Christ. The first Adam and the last Adam. Adam was created from the earth. I'm just going to read a list to you that I put together. Adam was created from the earth. Jesus Christ created the earth. Amen? Adam was tempted in a perfect garden. Jesus Christ was tempted in the wilderness without food and water. Adam disobeyed the one law that was given to him by God. Christ not only obeyed the laws, but fulfilled them on behalf of his Father. Through Adam, sin came into the world. Through Christ, sin was overcome. Through Adam, death came into the world. Through Christ, death was overcome. How much more did we receive through Jesus Christ than we lost in Adam? Can you stay with me a couple more minutes? Just more notes I want to read to you. Through the, listen to this. This is about us, much more. Through our first birth, we were born enemies of God. Through our second birth, we received peace with God. Through our first birth, we were separated from God because we were spiritually dead. From our second birth, we had full access to God. From our first birth, we were separated from the glory of God. Our second birth, we received His glory and we received the fulfillment of the glory when we go to heaven. Our first birth, we face suffering, pain, trials, hardships with no hope. Anybody else face those in their life before Christ? But with Christ, even our suffering, our pain, and trials just bring us more hope through Jesus Christ. It's a refining process. How about this one? Our first birth, all we had was worldly love. Temporal, conditional, empty. Did you have that? I had that. It left me starving every time I had the world's love. It never fulfilled. But second birth, we were filled with the love of God by the Holy Spirit that lives within us. First birth, we all faced the wrath of God. There was no way around it. The wrath of God was upon us. And our second birth, it says that we will not face the wrath of God. In the first birth, we were serving the father of lies. In the second birth, we get the great, great privilege of serving the king of kings. Did, what do you think? Much more? Much more.
I don't think any of us would trade this life for the life we once had, the life we received from Adam. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we're just grateful, so grateful for the much mores that we receive through your Son and Jesus Christ. And we're also so grateful, Father, that, yeah, we're grateful that you hate sin, but we're also glad that you love the sinner. We're grateful, Father, that, that as we sin, as we reveal more sinfulness to us through the living Word of God, that you will cover it with grace. You will forgive us as we confess and repent and embrace us. Father, we're grateful that you've overcome death, that we will, yes, we will face physical death, but it's only a temporary transition into our glorified bodies, into the place of heaven where there will be no more sin and you will wipe every tear away. We're grateful that we don't deal with spiritual death in our lives, that we've been united to you. We're grateful that we don't face eternal death, but eternal life. And we're also grateful, Father, that even while we're here, you've given us an abundant life where you, for reasons I don't even understand, you've chosen to use us as your ambassadors. Help us to be your ambassadors. Help us to live boldly for Jesus for the days that we have. And we look forward to the day we're all united together in glory. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.